Welcome to KiteLine, a weekly radio program from WFHB that focuses on issues in Indiana's prison system and beyond. I'm Emma Johnson. And I'm Mia Beach, and we're your hosts for this program. Behind the prison walls, a message is called a kite. Whispered words, a note passed hand to hand, a request submitted to the guards for medical care. Illicit or not, sending a kite means trusting that other people will bear it farther along until it reaches its destination. Here on KiteLine, we hope to share these words across the prison walls. Before we get started with this week's theme, we want to share some prison-related news. The Prison Policy Initiative has just released a report aiming to clarify the current state of incarceration in America. According to its authors, the report completes a confusing pie chart of information regarding incarceration and, quote, offers some much-needed clarity by piecing together this country's disparate systems of confinement, unquote. It explains that over 2.3 million people are currently incarcerated in America's criminal justice system, being held in 102 federal prisons, nearly 2,000 state prisons, 901 juvenile detention centers, 76 Indian country jails, in addition to immigrant detention centers, military prisons, and other spaces of confinement. The report also breaks down leading causes of incarceration on state and national levels, as well as systemic causes of recidivism and suggestions for reform. If you are interested in learning more, you can find the report titled Mass Incarceration, The Whole Pie 2017 on the Prison Policy Initiative's website. On April 8th here in Bloomington, we'll have Zine Fest, which goes from noon to 7, with a benefit show at 8 p.m., both at the Void. All money raised will be sent to prisoners in struggle. We'll have a card and letter writing station, as well as a package sending station supported by Midwest Pages to Prisoners. There will be art and poetry by prisoners on display and statements read in between workshop sessions. Alternet reports that in the Burks Family Residential Center, a Pennsylvania prison for immigrants, children as young as three have been detained for over a year. Four children are currently detained at Burks even though they have received special immigrant juvenile status from the U.S. government. That status is supposed to aid international children in the U.S. who have been abused, abandoned, or neglected. The four children have submitted pending applications for legal permanent residency, but Immigration and Customs Enforcement is forcing them to stay in detention anyway. The three-year-old boy detained at Burks has been incarcerated for over half of his life and has learned to walk and talk while in prison. In August, mothers detained at Burks with their children began a hunger strike to protest their indefinite detention. Some of the detained children have thought about committing suicide. April 10th to 17th is the National Week of Action to Free Brescia Meadows. Brescia Meadows is a 14-year-old girl from Warren, Ohio, currently being held in pretrial detention for the killing and self-defense of her abusive father. Brescia's family considers her a hero who acted where law enforcement would not. If tried as an adult, Brescia faces being sentenced to life in prison. The Midwest Pages to Prisoners Project will be holding a letter-writing session and fundraiser for the campaign to free Brescia on Thursday, April 13th from 3 to 7 p.m. at Boxcar Books and Community Center here in Bloomington. As part of the week of action, Pages to Prisoners will be accepting book donations intended for women and girls incarcerated throughout the Midwest. Donors can find lists of suggested books at freebrescia.wordpress.com. Donations will be accepted throughout the week.
According to the Crime Reporter, a decade ago the Albert Cabarubia Justice Project pioneered participatory defense, which it describes as, quote, a community organizing model for people facing charges, their families, and communities to impact the outcome of cases and transform the landscape of power in the court system, unquote. Participatory defense works by training families and other supporters of working class and poor defendants, both those wrongly and rightly accused, and how the courts work and how to help build a legal defense for their loved ones. Poor and working class clients often don't receive justice because of the influence of money and personal connections in the court system. This project provides these communities with basic skills that expensive criminal investigators use to obtain a favorable hearing in court for richer clients, such as tracking down critical evidence and providing biographical details that affect how judges and juries perceive defendants. In Alabama, Holman prison officials have banned a popular African-American newspaper because they claim it has racially motivated content. As a result, one inmate went on hunger strike. The newspaper is the San Francisco Bayview National Black Newspaper. The inmate, Michael D. Williams, found out about the ban from a letter he received from prison officials. Williams said, quote, The Bayview helps us as prisoners to stay focused and never to view nor accept being confined to a cage as home, unquote. It's unclear whether the ban applies to the entire prison system or just Holman. The Bayview newspaper was established 41 years ago to cover black issues in the Bay Area and is sent to prisoners around the country. An advocate of Alabama prisoners' rights and representative of the Free Alabama Movement, a statewide organization that struggles for better prison conditions, said that the newspaper is not racially motivated, but is simply written for an African-American audience. In this episode, we speak with Luca Revolt, who writes to over 30 prisoners throughout the Midwest. We're often encouraging people on the show to write to those on the inside and wanted to give some basic information on the do's and don'ts of writing to prisoners, including how to get started, what to include in your letter, and why it's important to write to prisoners. Here's Luca. I started years ago when I was younger doing books to prisoners and vaguely writing letters to prisoners, but it wasn't until I started to develop sort of an analysis and an understanding of my own oppression and seeing that prisons were the embodiment of domination and that they were at the center. They're like the warehouse of all oppression that we we face. Um, they're kind of powering all the systems of control. So I wanted to get more involved and the way in which I did that is by I started to write to like well-known political prisoners and then over time I met other folks who were writing regularly to prisoners in the Midwest and after going to a series of noise demos and things I developed relationships with other people doing prison solidarity and I got like direct contact from them and then as I wrote more people in the Midwest prison specifically um, in Illinois and I got uh, more contacts from other prisoners and I started writing their cellmates or people that are in the same unit as um, the folks I was corresponding with and eventually I started to develop my own list of contacts and as that list of contacts grew I met some civil rights lawyers who are doing several campaigns to 
help prisoners in, in legal ways, but also help people outside of the walls see prisoners differently and not put people in binaries of either you're criminal or you're not. And they have access to hundreds and thousands of contacts. So I just started by writing people. I would just say, hey, like, my name is so-and-so, and I... Just wondering how you're doing, sending you love and strength, you know, like tell me about yourself. I would love to hear from you if you want to be pen pals. That would be really great. And before you knew it, I was writing like 32 prisoners at once and still (laughs) am writing that amount and maybe more uh, very soon. Writing prisoners has inspired me to do many other things. After talking to political prisoners and like, you know, it's an immediate gratification where you're just like, oh, this person agrees with everything I'm saying, or like, that we have similar views on things, to going to talking to folks who are starting to understand their oppression um, and develop a language for that. I began to realize the importance in writing those folks just to develop maybe a more rebellious spirit inside myself and, and maybe inspire within them to not, like, because a lot of people I was writing uh, for a while, really thought that they were going to prison to be corrected or they thought they did something wrong and they thought if they get, you know, a good education or a good job when they get out, that society would look at them in a totally different light. But the truth is they're ex-felons and most of them are people of color and it, that's just not how the system operates. And so... It's really important, I think, to talk to folks who are not well-known political prisoners because, for one, you can develop trust and friendship between these people and, like, essentially, like, help them develop strategic understanding or, like, strategic thoughts about their position within the walls and ways that they can become most resilient and take risks in ways or when they get out um, not just fall back into the same box that they were in before or, like, picking things off a menu to have a supposed better life, but also that writing prisoners, it's the building block to what I'm calling now prison destruction instead of prison abolition because we're not trying to reform or reorganize. We're trying to create an entire new world. And so, like, writing prisoners has been a foundation for that Um sort of thought and for like my life practices because they are once again they're an embodiment of domination they are feeling like the extent of all the systems of control like the most exacerbated form of patriarchy and supremacy and anti-blackness and and the criminalization of life in general it's like it's they can direct our actions or or feed us strategies that we maybe are overlooking or not thinking about living outside of the walls. Also, it's like if you're going to attack prisons as a place, the the people who are inside understand how that place functions. So if you are doing any type of sabotage, for instance, like workplace sabotage, we all know the person who's operating the machine knows how to sabotage it more effectively than the person who is outside of that machine. So it's the same same thing is that I look to prisoners who are behind the walls as understanding how to sabotage that machine better than we understand it because they're there watching it operate all day long 
and they're also the ones operating it. If they are to attack within, they can direct how we can support them on the outside to make that action that much stronger or like what can we do simultaneously as they rebel and take risks? How can we take just as great of risks with, you know, lesser repercussions and be in solidarity with them truly? And the only way you're going to find that out is if you write prisoners. And I feel like a lot of anti-prison work is a lot of times just like to be like theoretical. Like I feel like people write a lot of things and say a lot of things but aren't really doing much or they're putting too much emphasis on like really popular political prisoners when through my correspondence I found people who have these really amazing, beautiful minds that are igniting something very deep inside of me that when I'm reading those letters, like I feel completely emotionally fulfilled and I feel re-energized and like ready to go. It's very important that you have contact with people behind the walls. To get started, you clearly have to have a contact and a return address. To get contact uh, information, you can find civil rights lawyers or criminal lawyers in your area who might be talking to folks behind the walls or local groups like the Anarchist Black Cross. Or you can start by writing political prisoners that have their information online. Um, But whatever you do, you get a contact. And there will be, you have to use their real name, uh, the name that was given to them at birth. Uh, You have to write their register number and, you know, write these things as clear as you possibly can. Because if your H is connected to your B or something in the register number, it will get sent back and they'll say, we have no idea who this person is. when the prison administration knows exactly who it is. So you want to write everything very legible. And then as far as like a return address, it's always great, for one, to have a pseudonym when you're writing into a prison. It's not necessary, but I highly suggest different pseudonyms for different correspondents. And having uh, several different return addresses. So it's not always going back to one place. As far as the content within the letter, when you first write somebody, just give them a nice greeting and Don't ask them why they're in prison and just address them by their name and ask them how they are and, you know, like what kind of things they're into, what do you like to read, what kind of music do you like listening to, like be very basic at first, like don't just go into like intense political questions or ask them, you know, what they believe in politically even because you have to be very careful what you write to prisoners especially if their mail is being read, like you never want to say anything to them that you wouldn't say to a cop. Um, You just want to like not disclose too much personal information about yourself, never talk about some demonstration you were in or some sort of, um, or whatever political activity you're part of. You could put in third person. You could just talk about, a group doing something that you find kind of interesting. But yeah, you really don't want to uh, disclose anything incriminating, but you also don't want to say or ask them anything that could possibly put them in a worse position than they're already in. Now, if they're not like high-profile political prisoners or maximum security prisons, like their mail might not be read, but still start out basic. Get to know them before you 
start to have political conversations because you also might turn somebody off or discourage them from writing you back. The point is to, like, let them know that somebody actually cares about them and is, you know, interested in talking to them because prisoners become invisible once they go inside prison and they were probably already in an invisible group of people in this world. Like, you know, they just need love and care and support and healing because they're traumatized just like all of us. And so, like, look at it as a way of making friends with somebody and being intentional about that friendship, about trying to heal one another so that your rebellious spirits can, like, operate to its fullest potential. When you enclose this letter, like... In the envelope, make sure there's no weird scents on there. You didn't accidentally get a piece of dog hair or something inside the envelope. There's no staples. You know, don't put anything in there but the letter. And and I say that because the prison guards will find whatever reason they can to reject this letter because that is what they like to do. They don't want anybody who is behind the prison walls to receive contact on the outside because they work so hard to halt any sort of communication to the prisoners. Often they even uh, reject anything. The family, you know, families are trying to send their loved ones or they hike up the price of the phone call so people can't call in anymore or call out and they just do whatever they can to stop any flow of communication because their job as prison administration is to torment uh, these people and make them 100% invisible. And our job in writing them is to make friends with them, but also at some point I highly encourage like any letter that you're receiving from prisoners to share it with other people so that their voice is being shared outside the walls. This has been KiteLine. Anyone affected by the prison system in any form is welcome to write us via our P.O. Box, KiteLine Radio, P.O. Box 2422, Bloomington, Indiana, 47402. KiteLine wants your feedback. You can reach us via email at kitelineradio at gmail.com or find us on Facebook. Are you or someone you care about affected by the prison system? You can call us to record a message to be played on the air at 812 812- 269-2512 or you can use this number to record a message to a loved one behind bars. You can hear previous episodes of our show or get more information on the prisoners or stories covered on KiteLine at our website, kitelineradio.noblogs.org. You can also find our podcast on iTunes. KiteLine is intended as a means of communication between people across prison walls. We are not responsible for all views expressed on the program. WFHB, its contributors, or any affiliates airing this program are not responsible for the views expressed on the show. This has been KiteLine. Join us every Friday at 5.30 p.m. for more stories, news, and insights about the impact of prison on our communities. Thank you for listening.